You're listening to the Monica Cade Podcast, a conscious approach to all things health and lifestyle, empowering you to be your best self in each moment. Because the truth is, that's all we ever have. From conscious lifestyle tips that'll help you make better choices in all areas of your life, through to interviews with game-changing entrepreneurs, creative minds, and thought leaders. These conversations move me. They're changing the world, and I hope they impact yours. So, without further ado, let's dive into this week's conversation. Hello there, and welcome to episode 103 of the Monica Cade podcast. My guest today is Amanda LeCount, a well-known hip-hop dancer, choreographer, model, and influencer. Some of her most notable performances include The Ellen Show, Megan Trainer, Katy Perry, DWTS, The Voice, and her national dance tour, Amanda LeCount Live. She's also performed in a bunch of professional musical productions. She grew up in Colorado with six older brothers and sisters. And at that time, she was also a competitive figure skater and qualified for the nationals. One of her latest and truly inspiring projects is Breaking the Stereotype, a movement she started which promotes body positivity and the belief that any body can be a dancer. She's breaking the stereotype that all dancers must be tall, thin and blonde. Her philosophy is, if you love it, do it. It's as simple as that. And on that note, let's welcome her to the conversation. Hello, Amanda. Thanks for joining me today. I am very excited to talk to you. Amazing. I thought we could start with talking about your family. You've grown up in a very big family. What was that experience like? Um, it was very chaotic. Um, I have six siblings mm-hmm. and my mom was a single mom. I don't know how she did that. Um, but anyway, there was always kids running around everywhere and we all did different activities. And so I don't know how she got, you know, my brother to soccer and then me to dance and my sister to cheerleading and then me to ice skating afterwards. There was just a lot of running around, I would say is how I would describe it. But it was also really nice to have so many people around because I don't think I could be a single child. Like, (laughs) I feel like I'd get bored. And so I at least always had kind of people to entertain me, I guess, and like play with when I was little. Yeah, of course. So whereabouts do you sit in the six? I'm the youngest. Wow. Tell me a little bit because you've obviously kind of had your hand in a lot of different things. Like you just mentioned, you know, you did figure skating. How did you start getting into figure skating? Honestly, I'm so used to people asking me how I got into dance. I don't really know how I got into figure skating. I think because where I lived, there was a place that had the swimming pool and the ice rink in the same place. Uh And I would always go there for swim lessons because I feel like it's pretty normal for kids to take like swimming classes when they're little. Yeah, And I would always see people going into like the ice ring. And I think I kind of just got curious and, you know, we went to like one or two shows and I just really wanted to start doing it. And I did it for about four or five years and it was, it was a really fun time. I enjoyed it a lot. And so at that time, were you also dancing? Yes. Okay, cool. And when did you feel like you discovered this love for dance? I don't know. I don't think I ever really had like a aha moment when I realized that I am super in love with dance. I feel like, I mean, I did start really young when I was like two years old, but I really think it just kind of was an automatic love for it. I think as soon as I went to my first dance class, I just loved it. And there was just something about it that was like, okay, this is my thing. This is what I want to do for like my whole life. I don't know. I just think ever since I did my first dance class, I've absolutely loved it. Do you remember how old you were when you had that moment of, oh, I want to do this for the rest of my life? 
Well, I mean, I, I started when I was two. Yeah. Um, and so I've been doing it since I was like pretty much my whole life. But like I was saying before, I, I don't really think I had like one moment I can think of where like it kind of hit me that I am so, so in love with dance. I think honestly, just since I started when I was two, just in my head, I absolutely loved it. And it's all I wanted to do. Yeah. And so obviously your family was really supportive along the way and, and, Mm -hmm. and encouraged you along. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're really supportive. Like I was kind of talking about before, I don't know how my mom managed to get us everywhere and, and pay for everything. We did so many activities and my family was really supportive of every single thing I wanted to do. So that's, really good. I'm really lucky that I had a family who like would honestly let me kind of pursue anything I wanted to. Yeah, that's incredible. And I'm sure a lot of listeners didn't have that experience. I'm sure like there's probably a mix, but mm-hmm. it, it totally makes a difference when you have the support of your loved ones as well to pursue yeah. something that's so true to you as well. Yeah, definitely. So tell me, when did things start changing for you? When did this start becoming a career for you? Like what was the moment when you kind of thought, okay, I see like now I'm starting to be in competitions or like, you know, performing for different people. When was that? I mean, I, since I was maybe around like six or seven, that's pretty young to like know what you want to do like with your life. But I honestly knew in my head that like, I wanted to pursue dance. Like it's what I wanted, you know, my job to be, my career to be. It's, literally what I wanted my whole life to be about. But the moment when I realized that like it's happening and that it's actually like a possibility and I'm like so close Mm. is probably, I still lived in Colorado at this time, but there was a group that's not around anymore, but back then called Latin Flava and it was based in LA. And at the time I lived in Colorado, my hometown. And we were going through Facebook, my mom and I, and she somehow came across this producer of this dance group and saw, you know, all these kids dancing together. And my mom in her head was just like, oh, like you'd be perfect for that. And this is totally not a normal thing to do, by the way, but she sent this producer like three videos of me dancing and like my resume at the time that had nothing on it. I mean, I lived in Colorado. I had never done a professional job before the resume was pretty bad. Um, but she sent her all my information and stuff. And I obviously wasn't expecting anything. Like that's really weird and a random thing to do. And I feel like 99.9% of the time you would never get a response, mm-hmm. let alone get like the job. But, uh, the producer replied back and said like, Oh, we love Amanda. Like we'd love for her to be part of this group. And I was like, what the heck? Like, this is crazy. This is not normal. Um, <laughs> but we would drive out. Well, my mom would drive out. I didn't drive. I was like 13. Um, but my mom would drive to California and back every weekend, which is 16 hours each way. And so I could rehearse with them and perform with them and film videos and stuff, which is crazy. We did that for about a month and a half. Um, and that's kind of when I got that and I actually got like the response of, Oh, we really like Amanda. We want her to come to like LA. And then they actually made me the main part of the whole group, which was kind of like, what that, like, how did this even happen? I don't even live here. And like, you're making me kind of like the main person in this, which obviously I'm like really grateful for, but it was just kind of like crazy. Cause that's not normal. Um, but I would say when, when like that producer actually like responded back and wanted me to come to LA to, dance with all these amazing kid dancers that have kind of been in LA for a while. Mm-hmm. It kind of showed me like, Oh, okay. Like I, I can do this. And yeah, I would say that when I got that. 
That's amazing. And that's such an incredible commitment from yourself at that point and your mum. Like, because especially when you're younger and I guess maybe you're a little bit unique in this sense that you had that drive and you just were so certain about that this is what you wanted to do. Because a lot of yeah. kids, you know, it takes them a little bit of um, nudging here and there. Did you find mm-hmm. along the way that sometimes you didn't have the motivation to go or were you always just really eager to show up? For me, it's like, I don't want to like speak for everyone when I say this, but just in my case, I feel like I didn't have to worry about getting motivated to dance because I like loved doing it. Like I loved it so much. I wanted to dance every day. I wanted to, you know, train for hours and hours. And I wanted, I liked driving out and I liked rehearsing and I liked having to worry about how I'm going to get my homework done. Like I, I enjoyed it. So I didn't really have to worry about like, keeping me motivated just because like the love out like the love for dance outweighs like the motivation to dance I don't I hope you kind of get what I'm saying but I 100% get what you're saying and to me hearing that I'm like it just shows me that you 100% love what you do there's no doubt in you it's like this is what you were made to do so I completely understand yeah so I just kind of always loved it (laughs) Now tell me, because obviously during this time you're a teenager and I know in my experience that I'm sure other teenagers can relate, during your teenage years it's a very challenging time, like mentally, physically, emotionally, like you're kind of changing as a person and and Mm -hmm. tell me what your experience was like going through your teenage years and Mm -hmm. also, you know, dancing. Um, Yeah. I mean, I moved to LA right before I turned 14. Um, so most of my teen years have been in LA. Um, and just so the people who are listening know, um, I'm 18 years old. I don't know if you said that or not, um, but I'm 18 now. So I'm still really young and I'm still like changing. But so far, I mean, I honestly don't know what type of person I would be without dance. Like it's such a big part of my life that like, I don't know what I would do without it, especially, I mean, this is just my opinion, but I could never be one of the people that kind of goes to school and then just goes home and does like homework. And that's like it. And I'm not judging them in any way. Um, (laughs) but I just can't imagine me doing that. I'd be so like antsy and anxious and wanting to do something. And I just, I don't think I could have done that. Um, so I definitely enjoyed dancing and I, it probably helped me like kind of deal with, you know, changing and being a teenager and being all moody all the time. But also I think it helped cause I went to an art school and so I was also surrounded by other dancers a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of nice cause obviously we'd bond over dancing and we went to the same school and sometimes we'd take class together. So we're together all the time. And I think it was nice having friends that like can relate to what you do or kind of are in the same line of work as you. Yeah. Um, So it was really nice. And that probably helped a lot. Amazing. And so during that period of time, what was your commitment to training? Because obviously you were at a dance school, so you were probably, you know, performing during school as well, but outside Mm -hmm. of school, like what was your commitment to practicing and, and doing all that? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, every day after school, well, I mean, at school, we'd at least dance for an hour and a half, two hours a day. And then some days we'd dance three to three and a half hours a day, not counting rehearsals. Mm-hmm. Um, but after school, I would most likely go to one or two dance classes, which is around like two to three hours. Mm-hmm. So 
um, I would at least be dancing six to seven hours a day most of the time. Um, but I was still training a lot outside of school. Um, and also my school was really good because if I ever got a job or I had to travel or something for dance, they would let me go into independent study. Mm -hmm. Um, like if I was gone for like five days, I'd just get all my work for that week and do it. And then right when I came back from the job, they put me back into, um, regular school. So they, my, I had a really good school that was really flexible um, with my career, which was really nice. Because I think if I went to a super strict school, it would have been much harder to, to kind of maintain school and dancing and trying to like do it professionally, obviously. But yeah, it was it was a little challenging sometimes. You know, sometimes I'd be tired and I'd want to break and all that. But I feel like that would happen even if I wasn't like trying to control school and dance. I feel like just sometimes, you know you need a break sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't that bad for me trying to maintain school and dance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was busy obviously, but I've kind of been busy like the last 10 years. So yeah. it's like, it's normal. You have, for someone that's only 18 years old, you have a very good sense of yourself and you Thank seem you. to have a very also, you know, you're very aware that just how you're feeling in one moment doesn't mean that if if you didn't have the life that you have now, that you wouldn't have felt those certain emotions too, which is pretty incredible that you you have that insight, I'll just say. <laughs> Thank you. What's one of the biggest challenges that you've had to come overcome personally in terms of growing up, dancing, self-confidence, anything? I mean, obviously I've had issues with like people stereotype me and that is obviously like what I'm all about. And that's like my whole brand. And I feel like that's what most people, if they know me who are listening to this would think I'd say. Um, and it was a big challenge obviously, and it still is. And sadly will probably always be. Um, but another big challenge I had is like, I'm very much like a people pleaser and like, I am the type of person in school. Like I did not break the rules at all. Like I did my homework. I wanted to get it done. Like I was a very much like, um, not goody two shoes, but just like, kind of like, and not the teacher's pet either. I just wanted to make people like happy and like, I never wanted to be in trouble or anything like that. And so something that was a little hard is like, I, I care a lot about what other people think about me or I used to. I still do a little bit, but I'm much better kind of having to have gone through what I've gone through in the dance industry. Mm -hmm. I'm much better with, you know, not worrying so much about other people's opinions. But growing up, I I really cared what everyone around me thought about me. And that's like not the best thing to have if you're a dancer Um, or if you're not like a stereotypical dancer because, you know, people are never or not never, but a lot of people aren't going to accept you in, in the dance world. And so it was kind of hard for me because I always want to be like accepted by people and like make people happy and do what they want. Um, just cause that's kind of the type of personality I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little hard trying to like deal with people not really, you know, liking me that much, but obviously I'm, I'm much uh, better with that now. I mean, I think that's such a huge topic that you raise in terms of just for everyone, regardless. I think so many people want to uh, please other people or they care about what other people think. I'm curious Mm -hmm. then, so how do you feel that if that's played such a huge role for you, how have you kind of navigated that? Like, how did you teach yourself to not become so affected by it? Well, I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm never affected by it. Obviously, I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'm perfect and (laughs) I perfect self-esteem. 
Um, Because I feel like when people try to act like that, it's just they're actually more insecure than the average person. (laughs) Um, So I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'm perfect. But um, I think what helped is like, not in a cocky way at all, but once I started kind of getting a little like little successes here and there. And I started booking more and doing like cooler stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though this shouldn't be why you like feel better about yourself or like you stop caring what other people think it helped me because it made me more like sure of myself. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, like you're doing this and these people like you and you know, you booked this and this and you know, whatever people say about you obviously isn't right because you've done, you know, all this stuff. And so that helped a little bit, just kind of getting approval from a few other people. Mm -hmm. And then also just part of it is like, at at some point you have to realize that like, literally no matter what you do, people are never going to be happy. So you you can't just spend all your time trying to like please people because that's never going to happen. And then you'll be like 70 years old and no one, you know, will care or not. No one will care about you now, but like, you know, what you thought was important back then no one cares about and then you'll just kind of like regret trying to make other people happy when you should have just been making yourself happy and so I just kind of realized that people are never going to be satisfied and so there's no point in like doing all these different things to try to please them when they're never going to be like or it's never going to be good enough. I'm totally blown away at your wisdom, which is amazing because if you're 18 years old and this is the mindset that you have now, just wait till you get to 70. (laughs) No, no, no regrets, which it's really inspiring to hear. And I'm sure the listeners as well, I'm sure that they're finding what you're saying inspiring too, because it's so true. And I think it's very easy to get caught up in that sometimes. And I think, you know, it is part of our human existence we're all going to get caught up in those feelings and emotions sometimes but it's just reminding ourselves yeah. that this is our own individual life and we really get to choose what we want to do with it mm-hmm. okay so tell me a little bit about your the first gig that you got that was for a celebrity or your biggest dance mm. gig. the first one I got for a celebrity would probably be the swish swish one I did with Katy Perry that whole thing was kind of crazy because if you don't know what that's about, um, I think two years ago in the summer of 2017, she had, or was it before that? I think it was summer of 2017, but she had a challenge going around on Instagram mainly. And pretty much all you had to do was post a video of you dancing to her song or doing something to her song. And you just had to tag her and she was going to choose one person to be in the music video. Mm-hmm. And originally I didn't do it. Like a week had gone by and I didn't do it. I saw, you know, all my friends doing it and all these different people. And not that I don't believe in myself, but it was almost just like, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of people doing this. Like, I don't even think it's worth me trying to do this. Like I don't have a routine, you know, all these people are having professional videographers film it. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to pay someone to film a video for me that I could possibly win something. Like, I don't know. I just, I saw all these people putting so much work into it and all these people doing all this different stuff. And I was kind of just like, eh, let one of them have it. Like, (laughs) you know, I just didn't really feel like doing it. Not because I don't like Katy Perry or anything. I don't want it to come off like that. I love her. (laughs) Um, um, But then I kept seeing all these different people and all these different people. And I was like, okay, like, why not? I just learned a combo to this the other day. I'll just go into a dance studio and film it on my phone. And so I did that and I filmed it on my phone. The quality is terrible. Honestly, it wasn't my best dancing I've ever done. 
Um, <laughs> I don't know. And I posted it. And then it came out that I was one of the people in the top 12. So there were the top 12, which were, I, I don't know who the other 11 people were. I just knew that I was one of them. Mm-hmm. And then from the top 12, Katy Perry was going to pick the winner. And I was just excited that I was in the top 12. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, and that's then, amazing. <laughs> got, and then I got the call or I don't know if it was a call or email. I think it was a call. And my mom and I were in the car. And she was on the phone and it was, and I, I won and I was like, what the heck? I, I really like didn't believe it at first just because not that my video wasn't good, but like, I just almost felt a little bit bad because like I said, I saw all these people like, you know, um, booking a location for the video and hiring videographers and editors and wearing, you know, crazy costumes and doing these crazy like concept videos. And here I am, you know, I just went into a dance studio and filmed a 40 second clip on my phone so it was kind of crazy I was like I was honestly not expecting it at all I really wasn't I didn't do it to win I don't know I just kind of did it because what if or just in case I'll I'll do it um so it was really crazy when I found out I won and the shoot day came and Katy Perry was so nice she came up to me and she knew exactly who I was she kept referencing my video and my whole Instagram actually she kept talking about all like these different posts I had up and I was like what Katy Perry looked at my Instagram that's crazy but she was super nice and it was a really fun set and a fun shoot and it was crazy and very unexpected (laughs) Yeah. So then did that open up a whole bunch of doors for you after that? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Not in a mean way, but I don't think that like people saw that video and were like, Oh my God, we need that girl. Like, I don't (laughs) think many jobs came from it, but it definitely like, it probably helped as far as like in the dance community, like make people like see me more and be like, Oh, like she won like over all these people. Like, you know, she, like we should take her seriously. Like, Mm. she's you know a real dancer because I feel like some people and even now still even though I've done all this different stuff you know don't really take me seriously or don't consider me like a real dancer but I think that probably helped with them kind of seeing like she did that she got to work with Katy Perry and she loves her and you know it, it was just a cool thing but I don't think many like jobs came out of it yeah sure is there someone that you haven't danced with that you would really love like that's on the top of your list This whole year, I, well, actually, okay. Last year I had three goals, which were to be on Ellen, Dance with Megan Trainer, and to be mentioned in Dance Spirit Magazine. And all those three happened. Um, I danced on Ellen with Kiala Settle, and then I danced with Megan Trainer at the Disney Music Awards. And then I was the cover of Dance Spirit Magazine, which is really insane. Um, And then this year, my one goal was to do something with Rihanna. I didn't know if it was going to be a music video or a show or just somehow I wanted to work with her because last December I found out she was following me and I about like fell to the floor. I was like, what the heck? And I thought it was an accident or something. And my mom and I like kept checking it like every week we'd be like, is she still following me? Like, this is so weird. Um, And actually about like two weeks ago, I booked her Savage (laughs) Fenty show, um, which is uh, New York fashion week. And she is like her lingerie company called Savage Fenty. And there are about 30 dancers, including myself, who are going to be performing at her runway show for New York Fashion Week, which is really insane. It's crazy that I kind of like am crossing off my goal I had for this year. But yeah, you said who's like my dream artist to work with. And honestly, Rihanna was my dream artist to work with. So 
I don't know who's next. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Well, congratulations. And yeah, it looks like you're going to have to update your bucket list of who to dance for now. I know. (laughs) It's exciting. Let's talk a little bit about your breaking the stereotypes movement, because I I want to shine light on that because I think it's a really great initiative that you're doing. So what when did that idea kind of hit you? When did you decide like, hey, I want to turn this into a movement? Well, it actually, I mean, the hashtag itself came to me uh, the summer of 2016. Um, My mom and I were driving in the car and I just kept scrolling through my Instagram. And there was like one or two people that I follow that kind of had like their signature like hashtag and kind of their like trademark kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of decided that I wanted to have one. and. I didn't really know what to do. I was like, huh, what should my hashtag be? Because some of the ones I saw like were just their name and how old they are or like was, I don't know, just not in a shady way, but they didn't really have like meaning. Most of theirs, it was just kind of like something fun. Um, I kind of knew that I wanted mine to kind of be not serious, but have a little more meaning to me instead of just my name. And so I wanted to come up with something that kind of like showed what I'm all about and kind of summarized like what I want to do with my dancing. And I came up with breaking the stereotype because it's pretty self-explanatory, but you know, if you don't know what I look like, um, I'm, I'm a bigger girl, I'm plus size and I'm a dancer. And so you can imagine how hard it is for people to kind of take me seriously, which is really sad. But, um, my whole life I've struggled with people telling me, you know, I'm too big to dance and I don't have the right body for dance and all these different things. And so I came up with it to just kind of have something that's like mine and hopefully have something that people will be inspired by. And when I first started using it, I wasn't expecting it to like really do anything. It was more like for me kind of thing. I just wanted it for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but people started kind of picking up on it and I honestly, it's like kind of a blur in in my head, but all of a sudden, like everyone just loves it. And it's my whole brand now. Mm -hmm. And I didn't start it as like (laughs) a, a movement, but I think just like me dancing and kind of speaking up about the issues of the dance industry and using that hashtag kind of the movement was created on its own. Like I didn't really go out saying, this is a new movement. Like it kind of just <laughs> naturally <laughs> happened. Yeah. Um, yeah very but I, I love it and it means a lot to me. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's inspiring that, you know, you've, you've put some thought into it too. I like that you just even stopped to like, even when you're considering a hashtag, you know, you wanted to just put something out into the world that had an intention. It wasn't just something you were just going to throw around and you mm-hmm. obviously inspiring a lot of people along the way as well. And for those who are listening, I'm sure they're going to go and check, check you, check yeah. out your dancing after this podcast anyway, but you must have a, a look at your Instagram because it's so inspiring. I have to say, I, I used to dance when I was from really young until I was about 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped after that. And it's funny after connecting with you and watching your stuff, it's just brought back this little spark and I feel inspired to like, just go take a class, you know, and I yeah. haven't done that. In- you should. I will. Yeah. yeah. So 
yeah, it's, it's, I love how, you know, you're doing your thing and you doing your thing has inspired me. And then someone's going to listen to our conversation. They're going to be like, Hey, you know what? I maybe want to try dancing and I've never tried it in my life. Or maybe there's someone like me who's used to be a dancer, but they haven't danced in years and years. So yeah, it's awesome work that you're doing. Thank you. All right. We're coming close to the end of our interview, but I'd like to ask you, If there are listeners who are questioning their dreams or they're having a moment of like chasing my dream feels too hard right now, what would you say to them? Um, I would say that if, if there's no struggle, it's, it's not going to feel as good in the end. Like I'm trying to explain this really like well, but I'm having a hard time, but the the reward is appreciated more when you have to earn it. Mm. And if you just kind of are given something without having to fight for it, it, it doesn't mean as much to you mm-hmm. and you won't appreciate it as much. So, you know, for me, because I've had to like work so hard, like for where, like to get to where I am now. And, you know, I've had to go through so many bad experiences to get to where I am. It's like, it makes, you know, me performing for Rihanna or, me being on the Ellen show or me being the cover of the biggest dance magazine in the U S like it makes it so much like just more important to me in a way because I've had to like go through so much to get there. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just, it will mean more to you. So I would say that even though it'll be really hard now and it literally feels like it's impossible and you just want to give up, giving up would be easier and yeah, you might feel better, but then you know, that feeling will only be there for so long. And, you know, in 15 years, you're going to look back or meet someone that is kind of doing what you're doing and you're, or what you wanted to do. And you're going to regret not pursuing what you really wanted to and, you know, doing something else. Boom. That is an impressive answer. Thank you. (laughs) I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to finish off our conversation, I've got three signature questions that I ask everybody. Mm-hmm. So the first one is, if you weren't in your current career, what would you like to attempt? Okay, there, there's two answers. There's a real answer and then there's like a funny answer. So okay. the real answer is that I would probably most likely still be doing something in the arts world. Like, I don't know if it'd be singing or act. Well, I mean, I I do act and I sing a little bit, but I would do something that's still in the arts genre. I definitely wouldn't be like accounting or anything like that. Um, It'd be very artsy. And then me and my friends kind of have a joke because uh, ever since I was like eight years old, I, people always tell me that I'm really good at like giving massages and so I like a masseuse, but I wouldn't actually, that's just kind of a joke, but yeah. I don't know. My friends always ask me for massages and my dance friends, especially after like a class, I was like, Oh my God, Amanda, please. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Second one. Is there a piece of wisdom that someone's given you along the way or one that you've acquired along your journey that you live by today? Um, I mean, there's, there's just this mantra that people a lot of people know it because I said it, but I don't think I came up with it. Um, but it's, if you love it, do it. It's as simple as that. And I really like that quote just because I feel like people put so much thought behind everything they do in their life. And yes, you know, life is a a serious thing, obviously. And you should, you know, put thought into every decision you make or every, 
at least every important decision you make. But I also think people almost are too uptight and care too much. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, if you want to do something, do it. You know what I mean? It's like, don't, don't think about it too much or else you'll just get in your head about it. So just do what you want to do. Gosh, I'm so inspired. You've made my morning. <laughs> oh, thank you. All right. And this is my final question for you. What do you feel is your greatest asset? Oh, my greatest asset. I, I, I mean, to me, I hope this is accurate, but I think my greatest asset is making people happy. I think whenever I dance, or at least people tell me, I feel like I sound kind of cocky when I'm saying this, but people say that I just kind of make them really happy or I make them smile or things like that. Um, and I'm a very like smiley person, like literally half this interview I've been smiling. Um, but I'm just kind of a naturally happy person. Mm. And when I dance, it kind of just comes out. I feel like even if I'm doing a song that really isn't that happy or like extra happy, I'm still just smiling just because I love dance and I can't help it. (laughs) And I think that it just makes other people happy. And so I hope that's like accurate and I hope no one's going to be like, no, that's a liar. I don't know. I just feel like we're saying that. Well, in my experience of you, you have a very infectious and uplifting energy as well, for sure. I've been smiling and I've been very, as I've mentioned to you throughout our conversation, I've been very blown away with your view of the world and the way that you approach things at only just 18 years old. I think it's really admirable. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me this morning and I look forward to possibly connecting with you again sometime. Yeah, definitely.